The pads were on and popping for the Chargers at Monday's practice, the first padded practice of training camp, and there were several players who stood out, but none more than rookie guard Zion Johnson, who showed exactly why the Chargers took him in the first round. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now. We're heading to our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, I was lucky enough to get to Go to the first padded practice for the Chargers on Monday, and I have some takeaways, but none bigger than Zion Johnson showing what he's worth in some one-on-one drills when head-to-head with Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Jerry Tillery. He did bad things to him. We have to get into that because it was very nice to see. It makes you feel a lot better about the right guard situation and him starting right away, but also got to see Brashawn Slater go up against Khalil Mack, how Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton fared in their first day going up against elite edge rushers like Joey Bosa. And we'll also be getting into some of the other young players who really stood out in the first day in pads, including wide receiver Josh Palmer, who had his biggest day of training camp. It was great to see that from him because we know he's trying to battle for that wide receiver three spot. And at the end of the show, we'll talk about the all-important special teams because there are a couple of improvements the Chargers made. They're a long snapper. Their new punter who was absolutely dropping bombs on Monday at practice. So we have to get into that. But it starts, David, with the 17th overall pick. Zion Johnson, a pick at guard that I think a lot of people maybe were a little bit skeptical because it's not a sexy pick to take in the first round. And one thing that we saw on Monday from him is that he belongs. And it was nice to see him go out there. He had dominant reps against Sebastian Joseph Day, against Morgan Fox, and pancaked Jerry Tillery. Pancaking Jerry Tillery is always something that has got to be fun. But for Zion Johnson, that's that's what you want to hear. I mean, they took him, took a guard with the first overall pick, 17th overall, where everyone else wanted a wide receiver. Everyone wanted a skill position player, somebody who was a big playmaker that you could see the stats. Sure. And, you know, but Zion Johnson was the safe pick here. This is a guy that was a true technician coming out of college, a guy that you were going to plug and play in your offensive line at one position that turns out to be right guard. And just because they drafted him to start at right guard doesn't mean that he was ready to start at right guard. But after what you saw at practice, Daniel, it seems like he's definitely the real deal. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just the way, you know, it wasn't just him winning the reps. It was more the way he did it, right? Like, Totally sent Morgan Fox packing on one where he just like it was no problem for him at all. The first time he just totally stonewalled Sebastian Joseph Day, which is not easy to do. Pancaking Jerry Tillery. And the only two reps that he borderline lost were his first rep against Austin Johnson, where he did get bull rush, but it still probably wouldn't have been a sack, at least a pressure. And then there was one for I guess there was three of them because he had one against Austin Johnson where more like a tie, but definitely more in the favor of Austin Johnson. Sebastian Joseph Day came back on the next rep and had, you know, gave his welcome to the NFL moment to Diane Johnson. And it was like, okay, you're good. And I'm just going to snatch you and throw you and then get in on the quarterback after a couple of seconds. And then Morgan Fox probably had one where it was 
close to a tie, but you got to see that he has the goods. And Corey Lindsley talked about that and just said, basically, the sky is the limit for this kid. We were really surprised by how calm he already is. And Daniel Popper from The Athletic saying it gives him big Rashawn Slater 2021 vibes, right? And we got to see him go up against Joey Bosa for the first time. And speaking of which, Rashawn Slater got to go up against Khalil Mack for the first time in pads. And let me tell you, David, it was a car crash. I mean, Rashawn Slater won the first rep. Khalil Mack tried the bull rush. And I mean, just the amount of speed to power that dude gets in like two steps is unlike anything I've seen in a Chargers uniform. It's just straight up different than other things I've seen as far as him getting that power and trying to push Rashawn Slater back. He ends up getting the first rep Slater does, and then Khalil Mack probably wins the second rep. But it was nice to see David. Khalil Mack still has that juice. Rashawn Slater, still one of the best tackles in the NFL. But 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 I thought I thought he was washed. Yeah. I thought Khalil Mack was washed. I thought he was done. I He's thought hungry. he had no juice left. Well, I guess we were wrong. Uh, of course, Khalil <laughs> Mack is that dude, man. But it's just nice to see that. This dude is real. Like he is for real. He still has a lot left in the tank. He has a lot to prove. He's not going to talk a lot. He's just going to let his actions do the talking. And yeah, I saw a lot of clips, a lot of videos. This dude is scary. Like he brings that physicality and that speed to power just explosion. That's the only way that you can really explain it. When you watch it, like it's just it's different. It looks different. Khalil Mack definitely still has a lot in the tank, and I absolutely cannot wait to see what he is going to do to opposing quarterbacks all season long. Yeah, and I mean, Popper also made a great point, too, where it was just like, Khalil Mack seemed like he was really trying to test him on those yeah. first couple of reps. Like, he was like, hey, I'm just going straight bull rush. I'm going to hit you with everything I got, and we'll see kind of how you handle it. Yeah. And for the most part, Slater held up well. I mean, it's hard to – you're not just going to win a rep in, you know, half a second against Rashawn Slater and get an easy <laughs> sack, right? Right. So it's like you're kind of splitting hairs on who's winning these reps. But he definitely gave up more ground on the second time against Khalil Mack and gave up some ground against Joey Bosa, too. But that's also – Joey Bosa. I think yes. going into it, Zion Johnson, I mean, I was excited to see it, but I thought that the bigger story would obviously be what's happening at right tackle. And we got to see a few of those reps with one-on-ones with Trey Pipkins going against Joey Bosa and Storm Norton against Joey Bosa. This is how it went. Both Pipkins and Norton won a rep against Chris Rumpf, both pretty easily. Chris Rump didn't have a great one-on-one session in that regard. And then both of them had a rep or two reps against Joey Bosa Trey Pipkins had one. Bosa beat him on the inside. Definitely a win for Bosa, but I did like the way that Trey Pipkins recovered and was able to at least get a hand on him and slow him down a little bit, and not just a you know decapitation sack. And then Storm Norton went one-on-one. One of them, Joey Bosa, blew him up. The other one, Storm Norton, definitely did hold him up. So I think as far as the right tackle situation goes, David, not a bad showing for either of those guys today. The 11-on-11s were on the far field from what I could see from them. Both of them played well in that regard, but... As far as the one-on-ones, edge slightly to Storm Norton, but I think that's mostly, you know, he went in as the starting right tackle. He didn't do anything to lose it. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at these battles, you you just want to make sure that these guys are holding their own, that they're having quality reps, and they are going to get a lot of great work because Joey Bosa is not a guy that has just one move. It's not like he's just going to kill you one way. He can do it a multitude of different ways. If he wants to win with power, he can use power. If he wants to use finesse with the inside counters, with the hand swipes, with the spin moves, he can do do it all. And when you go up against pass rushers in in a game, they're going to set you up. They're they're going to... 
you know, find your tendencies. They're going to look at how you play and they're going to set up their rushes throughout the game so that they can they can really get after you. So I like the fact that, you know, they're throwing different looks at these tackles so they can really be prepared for when it comes to Sunday to protect Justin Herbert. Yeah, and I mean, as far as feeling better about the right tackle situation, you're not just going to get that today, right? You're going to no. have to see how it goes through preseason. You're going to have to see all these padded practices. But I do think both of them looked better, which I do think is a win. That's right? really I think good. That's, knowing both of them have improved at least means whatever the situation, however unfolds, you think that you're going to get better at that position. That's at least something. As far as who's getting a stranglehold there, if either one of them is just looking like, okay, this yeah. dude looks like a totally new player and is elite now. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, but too it was early nice to, to tell, see those right? matchups happen for sure. And there was a ton of good matchups. I mean, those were intense one-on-ones. It was nice to see Zion Johnson do what he did. It was nice to see some other young guys who stepped up, one on the defensive line, one on the offensive line. Jamari Sawyer getting some reps with the first team, and so was it. Braden Fehoko, who made the most of those opportunities instead of guys like Brendan Hymas and a guy like Christian Covington, who had to play on the second team. So we'll get into the impact of that and just kind of being a little bit surprised by some young players stepping up early and also getting to do Josh Palmer, who easily had his biggest day of training camp so far. But before I get into that, I do have to tell you about the biggest thing on my mind right now, which is Built Bar Puffs. And if you guys haven't had Built Bars yet, you have to try the puff versions of it because you're getting something that really tastes like you're taking a small bite of heaven. You know those clouds you always see in you know heaven depictions? Like That's what it feels like when you have a Built Bar Puff. And right now they have the cookie dough chunk. And I mean, growing up, cookie dough ice cream always, I mean, in an elite level, an elite tier of the ice cream. And now you're getting that in a protein bar that only has 160 calories and is packed with more than 15 grams of protein. That should not be allowed. This was actually the bar that I froze accidentally and it turned into like a little ice cream bar. It was actually the best. I would highly recommend it. But built bar puffs are something that you're just not going to find out there in your protein game. You're going to get something that's hard. You're going to get something that's probably a little too chewy, a little waxy, a little chalky. You can bypass all of that with built bar who has all of the best flavors and is the best protein bar going right now. And you guys can even save some money. Since you listen to the show, you guys can go get that cookie dough chunk of built puff bar right now and save money on it. If you use the promo code locked 15, you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, well, we got to talk about the early winners in the trenches, and this was the matchup that I was definitely looking most closely at when I went to Chargers training camp in the pads because those are the big dudes. You know, that's that's when it comes out. You can't tell nothing on big dudes when they don't have pads on, right? So it was the first time we got to see it, and I think it put another little kind of layer into the competition, not only on the defensive interior, but also on the offensive interior because right now going into this practice, we had seen a lot of offensive line formations. It was clear that Will Clapp was the backup center, and he got to do that one-on-one. He took all the one-on-ones at center with Corey Lindsley playing quarterback because Brandon Staley said he doesn't need to see Corey Lindsley playing center and going one-on-one with these guys. But it was a little surprising that in the first group was Jamari Sawyer, who took and went in after Matt Filer, who is still dominant. <laughs> good to know. Matt Filer is still a huge uh, Business brooding, as usual. We're all good here. Physical <laughs> brute on the left side. Yeah, he's... Not worried about Mount Feinler at all. But Jamari Sawyer did get in and I think performed really admirably with the first team. And that is something that I think, David, okay, did Jamari Sawyer already kind of take a step in the right direction towards being that third guard, right? Being that next guard up if somebody were to go down. He is, even as a rookie, already making big strides in that regard. And I 
kind of thought this was going to happen. I, I, I honestly don't understand why Jamari Sawyer fell so far in the draft. It just did not make any sense to me. When I put on the tape and I watched Jamari Sawyer, this dude looked like the real deal. He looked like an NFL guard. He is gigantic. He is smooth. He is powerful. He is physical. Like he is the type of guard that you imagine, like the, the type of guard that is just mean and nasty <laughs> and is also technically proficient as well. I just like I said, I, I don't understand it. Maybe there was, you know, some information out there that was put out there for you know medical reasons. We don't know. I, I really don't know. But what we saw, what we saw at training camp and what you saw today just reminds you that you can't go off of everything that you hear, everything that you read. Jamari Salyer is going to be a very valuable pick, and the depth of the offensive line got immediately better when the Chargers drafted Jamari Salyer. Yeah, absolutely, and them doubling down on guard in the same draft, right, even though they had Matt Filer already. And even though he's not taking snaps at right tackle, which I'm sure a lot of people would like to see, him getting those first-team reps in this sense, right, it's over big. a guy like Brendan Hymas, who's already going into his second season. I mean, it's definitely a stock-up, stock-down situation, and it's just nice to see even when he was in there, he wasn't out of place. And Brandon Staley said, I thought the young guards today showed what they that they have what it takes. And he said that everyone is just going to make each other better, right, and just having in this these talented interior defensive linemen now going against talented interior offensive linemen now. Just a different show than it was last year. But Brayden Fehoko also deserves a shout-out, too. And it's not just because I auto-corrected his name to Brendan three times during training <laughs> camp. My Twitter fingers are going so fast. The sun was glaring. I couldn't even see. I was just, you know, Sweating firing. Sweating his eyes. I yeah, it was you just, guys it was, appreciate it was difficult. It I was just trying to shoot out as much stuff to get everyone as close to the action Tremendous as I could. And I, the good work. news is I shouted out Braden Fehoko, you know, three times. But if you just, you know, started following me, you might thought that Brendan Fehoko is just some <laughs> Chargers superstar rampaging his way through training camp. But just like Jamari Sawyer, David, he was in the group of the first interior defensive linemen. So he was with the Jerry Tillery, Morgan Fox, SJD, Austin Johnson, all those guys we think of as, you know, first and second string guys. He was in there instead of someone like Christian Covington. And that was one of the predictions I had made is I thought that Braden Fayoko would have a great chance to overtake Christian Covington, even though they brought him back in free agency. He got in there, and when he did, he made it happen. And, and he really had some very valuable, very good reps where he got some pressures in those one-on-ones. Yeah, for Braden Fayoko, he just have to hope that this year the politics get taken completely out of the situation. You don't look at who was the first round pick, who was picked here, who signed this contract. Hopefully that doesn't matter. Hopefully it's just all about the best football players making the team and getting those valuable snaps. Because last year, according to the numbers, Braden Fayoko was probably the best run stop percentage player in the NFL with the amount of snaps that he got. So he was very valuable when he was on the football field. He was making plays, and it seems like that's carrying over in training camp here in 2022. Yeah, he played a super limited amount of snaps. But with the guys who only played as many snaps as he did, he was number one in the NFL. And that's not a you know end-all, be-all as far as how good of a run defender you are. But one thing is definitely carrying over, and it's him taking advantage of the reps he's getting. And I just find it hard to believe at this point they're going to find six other interior defensive linemen that are better than him, right? Even with the guys that we already know, it's just hard for me to believe it because he is having a good camp. I haven't heard much from Christian Covington. 
haven't heard much from Jerry Tillery, and that didn't really change today. And the reps that I got to see, I mean, getting pancaked by Ricky is definitely not going to help. <laughs> I mean, we heard but, some things; they just weren't good. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and it's you. I mean, he could add a, a better, you know, team drill, and it's hard to see that from where I'm at. So I'm not just gonna yeah. totally see he had a bad practice or anything. But from what I could tell, didn't really see much. But I did see a lot from Josh Palmer, and he got started early in the one-on-ones. He beat Asante Samuel Jr. They sought each other out right away. That was the matchup. Two dudes who went to high school together. They got back on the same team last season. Practice day one, those dudes were staying after and going one-on-one. We got to see that resume. Josh Palmer won the first rep against Asante Samuel Jr. Then went and burnt Dean Leonard, who had a, you know, kind of come to welcome to the NFL moment as well. Got some first-team reps and then was just getting a little bit shredded today in one-on-ones. Got beat by Palmer, got beat by Jalen Guyton. And then, David, in the team drills, Josh Palmer had at least four catches. He had three catches on one drive. He had the best catch of the period when he had a diving or kind of sliding catch with Asante Samuel Jr. in tight coverage. And it seems like he finally had that big kind of breakout day we were waiting for. Yeah, it just seemed like he got into a rhythm early on. And, you know, I I don't know, you know, about you, but whenever you're playing any sport, whenever you get one, you know, you get one catch, you're playing football, you get one catch, that confidence starts rolling. You start feeling good about yourself. And then then it opens the floodgates. And it seemed like that's what happened for Josh Palmer today in practice. You get one catch and then you get another and you get another. And then all of a sudden the quarterback knows, hey, Josh Palmer is on today. He's getting yeah. open. I'm getting the ball in his hands, letting him go make plays. And that's great news for Josh Palmer because right now he's in one of those camp battles that every single day counts. And he definitely put his best foot forward today, making plays all over the football field. Yeah, and credit to, you know, Mark Webb and Tavon Campbell both made some plays during the one-on-ones as well. And so did Jalen Guyton. But Jalen Guyton, you didn't really see him at all in the 11-on-11 period. You didn't really see him doing much when the Chargers were driving as a first-team offense. And Josh Palmer was getting those first-team reps, and he was Justin Herbert's favorite target. So, like, even though, David, you weren't there to see, like, the actual practice itself, you come out of this knowing, you know, hey, Josh Palmer dominated on his one-on-ones. He dominated in 11-on-11 today. And we finally may be seeing some separation between him and Jalen Guyton, who had a very quiet first day of training camp in pads. Yeah, I mean, that that can't happen. <laughs> I mean, that can't happen in this battle because I, I don't know if it's, a, like I said before on other shows, it's not really to me a battle about wide receiver three as it is a more about just the amount of snaps that these receivers are going to get. And right now, Josh Palmer is making the most of the snaps that he has received and he's making more plays. And in training camp, it's going to be every single day. So Jalen Guyton is not defeated at this moment, but he didn't have a great day today. Josh Palmer won the day, and if he keeps racking up those wins, then his snap count inevitably is going to go up. Well, and that's the thing too, right? I mean, just because you're wide receiver four doesn't mean that you're not going to play, right? I yeah. mean, really, those wide receiver rankings are just kind of how much you're playing anyways, right? Yeah. So wide receiver four is still going to be a factor in this offense. DeAndre Carter, wide receiver five, that might be a little bit tougher, but obviously he has a skill set that they like. I think it's just, you know, can you run the offense you run a run without any guy that's a traditional speed threat? I think they can. I think that Josh Palmer is showing, hey, you know, we can take this 10, 15, 20 yards at a time. Keenan Allen seems like he's been getting used a lot more on deep routes during his training camp, which is nice. Justin Herbert missed on what would have been a 70-plus yard touchdown. If you could outrun Mark Webb, (laughs) I would have wanted to see it. I would have wanted to see it. It didn't look like Webb had the best angle on it, and it looked like, Keenan had an angle on it, but 
I don't know if he's broke off a, you know, when the last time he's broke off a 50 plus yard touchdown. Yeah, like, I can't remember. <laughs> I'd reckon it's been a while since that happened, but great to see Josh Palmer after all the, you know, not puff pieces, but after all the hype we heard early on in training camp and OTAs and all that stuff, he's out there doing it now. And obviously him and Justin Herbert have a very, very good rapport that really, really shined at Monday's practice. But another thing that shined at Monday's practice was special teams yes the chargers special teams had a very positive day on monday and i think we could be looking at a very much improved unit david especially with that justin herbert look like jk scott so we'll talk about how well the special teams fared on monday coming up right after this the one thing that is criminally under talked about as far as what's important for the chargers this season is definitely special teams and one of the things no that's doubt. most under talked about as far as the struggles last year david or the special teams, right? I mean, it all goes hand in hand. And it's not just, you know, last year with Darius Swinton. It's not just with Brandon Staley or with Anthony Lynn or with Mike McCoy. Like, it's hard to remember back on a good special teams year for the Chargers, whether it's missed kicks, missed punts, blocked punts, or missed punts, blocked punts, whatever the case is, punt returns for touchdowns. I mean, it's you've seen it all. Just a as lot Chargers of fans. ugly football. A lot 100%. of ugly special teams. So this year, the Chargers made a big decision, I think, to let go of Andre Roberts, who was aging, but obviously was very, very good in that role last season. They brought in DeAndre Carter, who is more of an offensive weapon, but less of an explosive kick returner and a much better punt returner. But I think, David, the punter is actually what got me most excited at camp because it was my first time really punter? seeing J.K. Scott, you know, out there just letting them rip. And he was doing that on Monday. Credit to the return men. I mean, they're trying out a lot of different dudes at that position, including Bryce Callahan and DeAndre Carter and several others. But they were all catching it for the most part. But what was really nice to see, David, was just this dude putting punts like and touching clouds with them. I mean, this dude has a leg <laughs> on him. I mean, the hang time, Daniel Popper was reporting that he had some hang time up to five seconds when the league average is like less than four and a half. And this dude's <laughs> just hanging him up there. And then also the touch, David. He had... One of the biggest problems for the Chargers punting, especially the last few years, has been the touch. He had a couple really, really nice punts in near the end zone. Yeah, I mean, the the, the significance of the hang time is you get your, your coverage guys down there much, much quicker, and you're going to limit the amount yeah. of returns that you're going to allow the other team to have. So that's why that's so important. And as far as the directional kicking, I don't remember the last time we had a punter <laughs> that had the ability to drop it in a corner or or hit it. Yeah, it's probably Mike Cyphers, right? And, yeah. you know, pin somebody inside the 20, inside the 15, inside the 10. That didn't happen at all with Ty Long. Uh, and, and that's one thing that, that's huge, like, for the, the field position battle to have a kicker that has the ability, a punter, that has the ability to put the football in those really good strategic locations yeah it's going to be really really nice and and hey the the, the chargers did not neglect that unit that yeah they brought in deandre you know excuse me deandre carter but they also signed an all pro long snapper and they you know bring in jk scott so there's a lot of turnover on this unit we've also heard a lot of you know starters guys like jalen guyton you know playing gunner on special teams as well. So it seems like Ryan Fick and the new special teams coordinator is introducing some new concepts and bringing in more of his guys for his special teams unit. Definitely. And I mean, you've even heard with some of the draft picks, right? Like Ja Taylor, the guy they took in the sixth round the corner that Ryan Ficken was a big part of them taking him, right? And he's a guy that's going to compete for the kickoff return role as well. And everything seems very specialized, at least early on, for Ryan Ficken and the special teams units. A lot of little units getting down, practicing gunning, right? 
practicing getting off of blocks, practicing setting up the blocks on punt returns. And they had it more all together on Monday. But it is a different approach definitely than how Darius Wynn had it last year. And one of the least, you know, one of the things that was worse for the chart was one of the worst things for the Chargers the last few years, special teams-wise, was punting. I mean, I like Ty Long. He was a cool guy. Definitely was one of the dudes and was a leader even as a special teams player. But the punt unit wasn't good for the Chargers. The coverage wasn't good. The distance wasn't good. The hang time wasn't good. Being able to pin opponents deep wasn't good. And Brandon Staley knows how important that secret yardage is in special teams. And it's just something they weren't taking advantage of last season. You just weren't getting any bonuses from your punting unit. They weren't punting it a lot, and they were going for it a ton on fourth down. But you also weren't seeing the Chargers be able to flip the field, be able to mm. make someone fair catch it, to be able to stop a guy right after he catches a punt. That just a lot of short fields, yeah, totally. And then it's just something they haven't had. And they also were getting punts blocked, right? So I think what you're talking about there with Josh Harris now, you have an All Pro long snapper, which might seem silly, but this is from Daniel Popper today, as far as just how quick this operation was going. He said the snap to punt operation Monday was sitting anywhere from 1.85 seconds to 2.01 seconds. The ideal benchmark for that operation is usually under 2.6 seconds. A half second is an eternity on a special teams play, especially a kicking play where guys can block it. It held up good today. Obviously, it's practice, but that's an important part of it, too. And the Chargers made a big point to go fix it. Yeah, Daniel, and we were talking before the show. I I mean, we've watched a lot of football games here, and it seems like watching all these other teams, all these other games, the special teams unit when they're when those teams are punting, those other teams don't get close. You know, the ball get gets kicked off and it's gone and it's away, no problem. But when you watch Charger games, it seems like you have to hold your breath every Hmm. single time the Chargers punt the football, and that's not how it should be. Like it should not be that way. So the fact that, you know, they're bringing in these new guys and they're really paying attention to the small, intimate details. I really love it. And the Chargers didn't neglect this. Obviously, they made all the big additions on defense and they added a couple pieces on offense. But special teams also got better as well. You have to hope, right? I mean, they have to still go out there and do it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for as many, you know, they had punts blocked. They had a punt blocked last season. But the amount of close calls, the amount, you know, it was like a scary movie. Like it, was, it reminded me yeah. of my wife watching a movie next to me. It's scary. And she's literally watching through her hands. Like that's what you had to do <laughs> when it was, you know, Ty Long Seriously? punting or just the punting situation from last season. Same with the field goal unit, right, too. I mean, it's yeah. still hard with all of the kicker scars that Chargers fans have. <laughs> To accept any one kicker as the guy, right? But Dustin Hopkins is the guy now. They did pay him like he's the guy, as me and Dave That's were right. talking about before the show. So they have a big investment in him. And according to Eric Smith, the Chargers team reporter, I didn't see all of the field goals. I was like, I thought he made every single one of them. But according to him, he went 11 for 13 and made his only 50-plus yard field goal, David, which you're hoping that Dustin Hopkins, with no competition really, right, in this training camp, with that big deal, can finally settle this position down for the Chargers. Please, Lord, I am so (laughs) tired of seeing the just carousel of kickers that have cycled through a Chargers uniform. Hopefully, Dustin Hopkins is the man. He's the guy. He's going to be the one kicking game winners for you. He's going to be the guy that gets you those automatic extra points. Hopefully, we have finally found the one, Daniel. And (laughs) it's been a very uncomfortable about 10 years of really, really bad kicking. 
So I'm very, very much excited that Dustin Hopkins seems to be the guy. All right. Now see how many recent Chargers kickers you can name. Go. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Young Way Koo. We got Josh Lambeau. We yeah. got. Who got actually kicked himself by or my. Oh, my gosh. I Can you believe that story? Oh, my Lord. Um, who else? Who else? Nick Rose. Nick Rose. Yeah. Caleb Sturgis. Oh, man. That's Roberto so Aguayo. Many. Oh, I forgot about Roberto Aguayo. And you can't so forget many about dudes. the Money Badger, right? Oh, he yes. Of not course. really being the we, Money Badger. I had to strip his name from, yeah, his nickname from him. Yeah. He lost his title before he actually officially lost his job with the Chargers. But it would just be so great to, you know, feel confident when a guy's going out there. Hopefully, you're not, you know, relying on your field goal kicker to win games. But even today, he goes, you know, about 85% on his field goals. That's probably around what you're going to get. So he's pretty consistent and makes all his extra points. But just to give that kind of comfort would be huge. Yeah. And honestly, for me, the big, big issue has been the 50-plus yard field goals. The, the Chargers have been really, really bad with the 50-yarders. And yeah. it was nice to at least hear that he made a 50-yard field goal here. One for and one. Hopefully, yeah, that's something that continues. And we even push that back a little bit further. I want to, I want to see what the range is for Justin Hopkins. Are we, are we looking yeah. at 56, 57? I don't know. Probably I'm getting a little bit uh, outlandish. I mean, the one he that, kicked but. today probably would have at least been good from 55. <laughs> I, I think he definitely could. I mean, Michael Badgley wasn't known for his leg, right? And he kicked a, what was that, a 59-yarder, the franchise yeah. record for the Chargers. So if you hit it right, you'll be able to make something like that. And how comfortable they are putting him out there from those distances. That's another story, and we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, of course, me as an observer, I'm like, hey, line him up from 55, 10 times and see if (laughs) he can do it. You know, I just want to see it. Like, yes, they're not going to give you that. They're going to give you, you know, 11 out of the 13. Oh, just almost had an earthquake here, but it was me. I messed it up. But (laughs) it was was good to see that, you know, from Dustin Hopkins. I'm obviously hoping he's a guy. We totally forgot about last year's starting kicker to start the season. Tristan Viscaino, David, ah, yes. as far as the recent Chargers kickers. I mean, we're definitely missing. Yeah, I mean, he missed so many few. extra points that he made Nick me forget Novak. about him. Yeah, coming yeah. back for a second time. No, but yeah, it was cool, and I think it's just special teams-wise. It's something that's so important. Even Dustin Hopkins' ability to, you know, either force touchbacks when that's what the team wants to do, something yeah. Michael Badgley struggled with, right, and something we're having Ty Long do for a while, pulling double duties, and also being able to kick a high kick to try to pin somebody back and put it on the one-yard line. Dustin Hopkins was able to do everything outside of kicking field goals that the Chargers wanted to last season. I think they're big fans of that. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. A fun, fun day at practice. And make sure you guys are tuning in for the rest of the week because later on in the week, we have the one and only Daniel Popper from The Athletic coming on the show. So to make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. And if you like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. We appreciate you guys making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, you guys can always check out the Lockdown NFL podcast where you can get the latest and the greatest from the biggest analysts from around the Lockdown network about everything going on around the league, wherever you get your podcast from. We also posted all of the shows to all our social media, except for me today for getting while driving up to Chargers training camp at 6 a.m. in the morning. Did not post the show today, but we always do on Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can also find me on Twitter for all of our training camp coverage at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer, who had some great training camp coverage last week at SD. And just for anyone who may have forgotten, his DMs are always open. But you can also find us at Chargers on Instagram and our Chargers Facebook page. 
We will be back with you guys tomorrow. We'll have Daniel Popper for you guys later on in the week. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.